past the first half. I'm not going to lie. Oh, could be Wayne. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. I love it, baby. Them orange britches. Something about them orange britches. Ball hit high in the air in the right field. Going back to Sayre. And Tennessee can say hello with Column. A grand slam in the bottom of the ninth. You can't draw it up any better. We just won a basketball game, and we're very happy right now. Just McGrath for the win. He got it. If you don't like college football, and you watch this one, I'm not sure what your problem is. Read it, did to do, and welcome into More Important Issues. It is Thursday, October 22nd. That's not right. It's the 26th, I think. Is that Dude. what day it is? Dude, yeah. every day, unfortunately, it's felt like a Monday. So five, six. I had it in here. I just didn't have it queued. That's on me. Hey. <laughs> We all make mistakes, you know. You just got to move on from them. Yeah. Just like Tennessee's got to do. Yeah. See, you're not having as much fun this episode, I think, as as I'm about to have because I might not even talk about Tennessee. Well, I'll I'll bring it back to Tennessee, but my conspiracy brain is just firing on all cylinders. I was going to say some people make mistakes. Some people send random people from the Internet out all across the nation to videotape opposing coaches, signaling plays, and then sit in a room all day. Cue it up to all 22 and try to break down and decipher what every signal means. Um, and then some of us just forget to click on a background. Um, I'm not going to tell you which one I am, but I'm one of those people. If you could choose to be one, what would you be? Okay. Just going to put this out here. If I got paid $55,000 to do the first option, 100%. <laughs> Josh Heupel, I'm your man. Call me. I will do it. I will organize the spy organization. We will have people. There will be dozens of us across the nation ready to go at your beck and call. Heck yeah. All if right. You're if, in. You ain't, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, baby. Actually, you know what? You ain't got to pay me. I'll just do it. Wink, wink. I <laughs> For 55000 And then some under the table, too. Yeah. Preferably. All expenses are reimbursed. That's how we see every SEC stadium. That's how we see every SEC stadium. Okay. We send, yeah. That's how we do that. I'm really excited. I mean, I'm excited to talk Tennessee football. I, this is one of a, this is a fun week. Battle of beer barrel. It's always just like kind of a, it's, it's either weird in that Tennessee either looks way better than they normally do, or it's weird in that this game is really close. Like there's, I feel like that's the two oddities. Yeah. I mean, Tennessee's dominated this. Do we call it a rivalry? I, yeah, it's a rivalry. Okay. I'm not an I'm not an Alabama Florida fan. Um, that is, and and Florida even less so. But if we're gonna be like, if we're gonna be sincere about it, and what it's been since the '90s, it's been a rivalry. Um, and I know they want to, you know, flex during Tennessee's worst two decades of of uh, existence. Um, but I'm not insecure enough to pretend that this isn't a rivalry, and it doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people. It's a rivalry because we play them every year. Um, and and bec- I mean, you have the state lines, you have the like it's a rivalry for a lot of reasons. You have the beer barrel. Actually, you don't. You used to. You should. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a rivalry for a lot of reasons, and we don't have to just because we win a lot. We don't have to pre- pretend that it's not a rivalry. You're. I don't know where this mantra that rivals can't be below you came from. Rivals 
can actually be below you. Yeah, it feels good to be on top of them. 100%. So is Vanderbilt a rivalry? Yes. Yeah. And, and, And again, geographic location helps it. If Vanderbilt was in Mississippi, I would say no. That's fair. But we also hired the most legendary coach, his name's on the stadium, to do one thing, and that was to be Vanderbilt. So. And he did. It's part of what makes college football special is like even the rivalries that don't really matter anymore, like they still were a thing and could be a thing one day. That's why Tony Botello was hired too. Good point. Put his name on the stadium? Oh, gosh, that's going to start a whole thing. I'm sorry. I was joking. <laughs> Maybe it could be Tony Botello Center at – or. Lindsey Nelson Stadium at Tony Vitello Center. Okay. That's what yeah. we do. We just start putting – and then, like, the next one, like, if – I don't know. If if I wanted to buy the rights, it could be uh, Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center at Kayla Mitchell Plaza. We just keep adding. Okay. Yeah, you keep expanding it. Like – Always got something to sell. Stadium. Finite um, resources. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, no, sorry. It's not finite resources. That's the problem. That's why we can't make any money anymore. We've got to turn finite resources into into infinite resources. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Money keeps working. Exactly. That's the only way you keep it coming in. Um, As you can tell, my ADHD is in full swing. We're going to get started in this episode eventually. But, yeah, it's going to be a fun one. We're going to preview Kentucky. We're going to talk um, some some football. It's another another week at cold. Well, it's supposed to be 80 degrees in Knoxville. What is it in Lexington? Have we checked? Um, Cold. Look, because I'm just at this point, I'm just curious. Um, but yeah, we've we've got a good 85. 85? 55. It's gonna drop. I can feel it. It's gonna be a nice little cold front come in. Um, but yeah, good weekend of it's supposed to be it's supposed to be fifty-five degrees when kickoff. Okay. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Probably a nice little sleep mm-hmm. soon after following. Um yeah, I'm excited. We'll do our college football picks. Make sure you tell Dylan, me and Landon have talked about it. I know we're we're over 500 on this year, but um, it's going to be a tough week. So tell Dylan. Tell, yeah. I'm going to tell Dylan no matter what I play, just full disclosure. Yeah. Not, not, I'm not going to do a Joey and just, just tell Dylan. My, totally my Seems pick. like a big parlay week for me. Yeah. Um, money line parlays. Par- oh, okay. I was like crazy parlay. No, you just got to go bet the mortgage parlay. Go okay. wild. Yeah. Or not bet the mortgage, pay off the mortgage parlay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Put a dollar on something that wins you like a million dollars. Yeah. I mean, you, that's your mortgage? I knew you were rich, dude. I knew you were rich. <laughs> That's not my mortgage. It might be It might be now. <laughs> oh, you, you refinance for that 7%? You're like, I don't feel right paying three while everybody else pays seven. Right. Let me yeah. let me get in on this action. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's get into the show. Before I do that, i got to tell you guys about some good friends. They're over at Underdog. Underdog is Knoxville's best sports collectible store with a wide selection of UT cards, autographs, and memorabilia. Whether you're looking for a Peyton Manning autographed helmet or the most recent Topps baseball card release, you'll find it at Underdog. The shop is owned by UT graduates and proudly supports UT sports by hosting NIL events throughout the year. Stop by the 640 Plaza at 4452 Western Avenue in Knoxville. They're open six days a week with live YouTube shows three nights per week. Remember, always bet on the Underdog. Pay off that mortgage. Let's get it. Do it. Um, Also want to wish our producer, Joey. Yeah. Happy birthday. Dang it. I was going to do that. You beat me to it. Sorry, but, uh, but I'm a part of this, so I'm doing it now. Yeah, happy birthday! You're terrible at betting, but you are one of the best baseball players I've ever met. It's true. And um, also say hey to your mom from us. Oh wow! Okay, uh, she listens just... to the show. She's a fan. 
So you don't have to say, hey, to your mom, we'll just say, hey, Joey's mom. You don't hey, have to do that. Hey, Joey's mom. Yeah. Uh, also, happy birthday, Joey, from me. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, I love you. I love you more. <laughs> um, even if you come to our tailgates once every Boy, man. I don't know, five years. Yeah. All right. Kentucky battle of beer barrel. Bring it back real quick. Need to get that out of the way. Um, it's in Lexington. That always makes it interesting. Um, Cause it's usually cold. I, you know, I, I think that bad. It'll be colder. Yeah. But it's not going to be. What was that? 20. 19. Yeah, that was terrible. Well, it was very cold. I was very comfortable. Shout out to Adam Massey for the big jacket that he gave me. Well, sort of, gave, I guess. Yeah, I guess he gave it to me. Shout out. Um, there will be alcohol in the stadium. So that's. Oh, are better. they beer now? Mm-hmm. Good yep. for them. Good for them. Um, that was part of the problem is I started sobering up about the third quarter. <laughs> that really sucked. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's just kind of like I, you, you laid context out before the before every game we'd kind of recap from last year like what happened this week the week leading up to it whatever i feel like context is important because this is a game where like you i feel like either way if tennessee had won last week or they lost it's in like trap territory kentucky coming off of a bye week but they've also had a few disappointing weeks like are they is this their bounce back are they due for a bounce back does tennessee are they are they, you know, still licking their wounds from a just unexplainable and unexcusable loss last week on the road at Alabama? Um, are they able to? Are they able to bounce back? Like this is a, I guess, can kind of who who response game? Yeah, for both teams. Well, Kentucky's weird. They they beat Eastern Kentucky by eleven, um, and I think that game was a four point game in the in the fourth quarter, like midway through the fourth quarter. Um, they let Vanderbilt score 28 on them. They blow out Florida and only throw the ball for 69 yards. Um, but Ray Davis absolutely gashed them. They no-show against Georgia after that game was really hyped up. Um, and then last week they let Missouri score 18 points unanswered in the fourth was, quarter. I was about to say, they started off hot. Like, yeah. It looked like they were going to – uh, it was going to be a good game regardless, but but maybe, you know, even even win that game against another hot Missouri team. Like, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's an interesting point and in, in kind of laying the groundwork for this. While early in the season, before Florida, you're like, this team is awful. Um, Vanderbilt was a road game. Um, I think that's notable. Georgia was a road game. Florida was at home. And then Missouri, even though that letdown happened, kind of similar to Tennessee's letdown happened. Um, they have played better, you know. They they played their best games at home, which I mean, they've only played two road games similar to Tennessee, but they haven't played great on the road. Um, they did at least beat Vanderbilt, but that's if Tennessee loses to Vanderbilt, I, I am going Henley Street. We'll just Burn leave it at that. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Burn it down. Um, but yeah, I mean that's I think a factor in looking at home and away. Like I don't I don't think Kroger Field carries a huge home field advantage. But Tennessee doesn't play great on the road. Um, now, a lot of people want to say that's just Josh Heupel. Well, Tennessee beat one of Kentucky's best teams of history on the road at Kroger just a few years ago um, with a second-round pick in the NFL draft QB, which, you know, we can argue whether he's a second-round pick or not. I'm, I'm fine, but that sounds better to say, so I'm going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there's kind of a lot of interesting aspects in the context of this game, like 
just trying to figure out from that standpoint, like how these teams come out. Yeah. Um, and I think Kentucky got humbled the past two games. Um, they had a very easy schedule. I mean, I guess kind of similar to Tennessee out of the gate. Um, you jump, you get to five and oh, and you're like, oh, you're, you're sitting pretty. We have a chance to beat Georgia again, got humbled. Um, and that, that led into the Missouri loss as well. Do they, like you said, do they bounce back or is it kind of just a, a spiral from here? And same with Tennessee. Is it just, oh, we just can't win on the road, so we're just going right. to pack it up? I mean, the, the bad news with that is, like, if you lose this one, you still have Missouri, which, you know, we have a question about that. But I, I kind of think Missouri's in a better spot. I mean, they did beat Kentucky head-to-head. <laughs> so, um, but I, I, I'm, I'm more afraid of Missouri at this point than Kentucky. Um. Yeah, I mean, I would say I would agree with that, but I I'm a little confused. No, yeah, yeah. I I was gonna the only re- the only thing I was gonna go back on to that is like you play Kentucky this week, so I guess for me I'm like, what is gonna happen? Because again, like last last week in the second half was just unexplainable, and I, I think it was a failure of the coaching staff. But I mean, at the end of the day, like our guys just didn't play well in the second half either. And, and again, I want to reiterate, I think Josh Heupel is more to blame than anybody else just the play calling was it was offensive play calling that just kind of put you in a hole like it just mm-hmm. dug you a hole that the defense didn't you know play their best half but they didn't play bad in the second half either yeah. and but it puts them they were behind the eight ball in a lot of situations um that that second drive like they're they're having to play from their own territory right from the get-go um so I, I do think that and I, I mean you just gotta you gotta hope this team doesn't dwell on last week it sucked it was bad. That's when you have to move on from. Like, I, I would not blame them for thinking of it often, but you just have to find a way to move on from it. Um, and that that's kind of what – I honestly, like, if you're going to think about this game, be pissed off and and, and find a way to to get through um, get through this game. And the defensive line, they're going to have a chance to to answer. The, the linebackers are going to have a chance to answer. I think – if I was Kentucky, I would try to throw the ball a lot more. But at the end of the day, if they're going to be Kentucky and do what they do, like it's going to be a Ray Davis show. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the one person that you stop. If you stop him, I think you beat Kentucky. Um, and literally one person, their, their next best or their next leading rusher has 25 carries on the year. Yeah, he is 14 or 13 touchdowns. I'm not convinced. Yeah, year. Ray Davis. Yeah, I'm not convinced that they hand the ball off to anyone else on purpose. And those just maybe miss, <laughs> miss snaps. Know. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm yeah. not convinced they do. Um, yeah, he's second in the SEC in yards. Um, he did have 280 on the ground against Florida, so that you know his rushing yards are a little skewed, but he is averaging seven yards per carry. Um, but, that, but that's also Florida's probably best unit. Yeah, I mean that that's so their, like he earned that 280 for sure. Yeah, that's their workhorse. Um, <laughs> yeah. and I, I think going into the season. With Barryon Brown and Dane Key and and Robinson, the transfer from Virginia Tech, they thought that this passing offense was going to be good, and it's not at all. Right. Um, Devin Leary hasn't been good. He has 14 touchdowns, seven interceptions, which leads the SEC. Um, so, I mean, secondary kind of lick your chops a little bit. Uh, I think that's the, – the secondary last week wasn't great when uh, Kamal Haddon went out, and now mm-hmm. you found out the news today that he's done for the season. 
Um, and that's just, I mean, it's got to be next man up. The good thing about that is I think you have depth at that position, uh, but it just has to be more sound than it was last week. And it wasn't really in the passing game besides that, you know, where McDonald falls down and the safety's not there. It's It was in run fit. Oh, yeah. That secondary is not great at tackling. No. And, and you I, have to be good at tackling. Um, hope, hopefully, like, they don't have to really worry about tackling. Hopefully, the, <laughs> the defensive line and linebackers can take right. care of before the, it gets to that point. But, yeah, you'd like to see them, um, you know, playing a lot more sound this weekend. We need some more ankle biters in the secondary. Yeah, I don't know why we have, you know, guys that are buck 70 trying to hit high. Um, yeah, I'd rather you get hurdled at this point than not wrap up. Yeah, honestly, I, I would. Yeah, getting hurdled, you you slow down a little bit when you come down. True, it's a good point. So, so maybe not ankle biter, knee biter. Oh God, it's not, people are South Carolina fans are going to field day. They're, they're trying to injure them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think um, the Kamal Haddon news really sucks, but it's a good news for all these prepare for next year people. Um, you're going to get to prepare for next year. <laughs> Yeah. That guy that's in is not going to be a leaving senior or leaving player. So there you go, guys. You you've got your wish. Um, yeah. I hope you're happy. I blame that on them. I blame it on the prepare prepare for next year people. Um, yeah. and not Kamal Haddon trying to bring down a 240 pound running back with his shoulder. Yeah, I and I do think this is a passing attack where you can, um, maybe experiment a little bit, get some guys in there that. You know, just see what you got at that position. Because I, I think up to this point, it's Gabe Judulali and and Danico Slaughter. Then after that, it's is it Brandon Turnage? Is it um, who is the other one that played at Florida? The freshman? Uh, oh, no, not the freshman. Um, was it John Slaughter? Uh, Ricky Gibson. You mentioned Brandon Turnage. Sorry, I was like I was about to say Turnage, and then you said yeah. freshman, but you had already mentioned him. I was listening to you, I promise. <laughs> um, but yeah, that 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 secondary's got to be better and you know, hopefully this is a good game to to get them some work and you know, figure out what you have at that position going forward because Kamal Haddon was your best defensive back and um he was playing really well and was probably one of the better DBs in the SEC yeah. at this point and um when it rains it pours, I guess. Yeah, uh, I feel like we do sound sad. Tennessee is five and two, um, and have yeah. lost two games that they historically lost for the last seventeen years. Yeah. Uh, losing Brew and Kamal Hatton. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. <laughs> I don't disagree. I mean, I think you really saw. Um, I mean, I think you've seen it since the injury, but I think last week was when you really like first like it was glaring that Brew McCoy was missing. Mm-hmm. You didn't have a go-to guy that you were sure of, and you didn't have a guy out blocking on the edge. That, that blocks as well as Brew. I think last week was the first time it was glaring, and it's kind of shocking it wasn't against A&M that it was glaring with that defense being so good. But, yeah, last week I, it really showed that yeah. Tennessee was missing Brew McCoy. Um, so, yeah, that one really sucks. But going back to kind of the defensive backs real quick, I mean, if they do try to pass, I've watched a little bit of Devin Leary. I, this is a game that you can make a highlight tape from. If you play well, you're going to yeah. have your chance to get your hands on a football. Can't make the play, play the football. Like, this is a game you really can play the football. I, I, the few times I've watched Devin Leary, decision making hasn't been great. 
He's not been quick. He's not quick triggered. He's like, he's, I mean, he may get the chance to throw the ball if, 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 uh, our defensive line doesn't have something to say about it, but this is a chance you should, they should be licking their chops. Yeah. The defensive backs to get the opportunity to play. Yeah. Dominate the early downs, get them in third and long. Um, and force Devin Leary to to be the guy that that has to beat you, because um, I don't. I mean, maybe I'm saying differently after the game on Saturday, but I don't think he's capable. No, I don't. I don't think he is either. Um, I think he's a game manager at best. Even when we want to talk about style of quarterback, at best he's a game manager. I don't even know if he's that. Um, and we, I mean, we've talked about it f- for the last five years, probably when it's become much more important. Your quarterback should be, and it's on the defense to make this the case most of the time, but your quarterback should determine how good your offense is. And mm-hmm. if Tennessee allows Kentucky's offense to be really good, then two things were probably two things were true. One for sure is that Ray Davis, they couldn't bring him down. And number two, Devin Leary probably played well. Yeah. I mean, looking at these two offenses, it's as bad as people want to say Joe Milton has been. This season, and he has been great. I'll yeah. say, I'll admit that. But Devin Leary is worse in like every statistical category. Oh, he's um, not great. I mean, I'm impressed that he's thrown 54 percent completion rate is terrible. It rounds down to 54 percent too. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> um, I know how to round. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's been is, he's is been, a statue in the pocket. Can't can't really move a whole lot. Been sacked. I think eleven times, which is the same as Joe Milton. But yeah, also... I mean he he's been sacked almost five percent of his dropbacks. I don't know how many Joe Milton. Yeah, how much Joe Milton has dropped back, but yeah, his completion rate is is not good. Um, I don't think that offensive line is just incredible either. I think it's better than last year's, but um, I, I do think this defensive line can have their way. And then, you know, Tennessee has the best rushing attack. In the SEC, yeah. No matter how good Ray Davis is, Tennessee's rushing attack is better than Kentucky's. Um, so if our defensive line can dominate them, and then our offensive line can, you know, get back to how they were playing before Alabama, I think I think Tennessee can can win this game pretty pretty easily. Yeah, uh, this is a game that I'm counting on Tennessee to play well in. Uh, you kind of talked about like Missouri or Kentucky. Missouri, I'm definitely like, let's wait till we get to that week. This is a game I, I feel that that Tennessee should play well in. Mm-hmm. And Kentucky does stop the run quite a bit. I think they're averaging about 95 yards a game, uh, which is 13th in the country. But Tennessee has the seventh best rushing attack in the country as well. So that that's going to be the interesting matchup. Yeah. Um, in this game is, you know, what's going to give. I mean, Texas A&M was kind of the same way, and Tennessee ran all over them. So, and Octavius Oxenon, J.J. Weaver, those guys up front are are good, but I don't think they're Walter Nolan good like A&M was. Yeah, I agree with that. But, yeah, they're they're a sound defensive front, and they have been under Mark Stoops and, um, you know, going to have the same kind of deal, but – yeah. Um, yeah. You. Whatever happened in the second half of that Alabama game, which again, play calling is probably what it comes down to. Like you cannot have that. You definitely can't stall out your rushing attack. Yeah. And I feel like you just kind of have to. The rushing game is something that you kind of have to grind out. 
like, yeah, there's going to be games where you don't have to, you, you're, you know, things are just working, but more often than not, like you're just, you're going to have to take the the two yard gains to get the 10, 30 yard gain, you know? Yeah. I just don't think we have to do anything cute. Like we don't have to bunch up and try to run it. Like I feel like we just play our game, run the football. I think Joe got a lot more comfortable last week running the football, run him a little bit. Um, and then those receivers were playing pretty good in that first half. You know, I want to see them kind of build on that and hopefully we can get this passing game going a little bit. Yeah. If you do that, I, th- I think this team can be good. Which you seem, you seem to get it going in the first half. Again, I don't know what happened in that second half. Like, the only thing I can think is, like, Josh Heupel came in there and was like, F you, F you, F you, you are all getting replaced. And everyone quit. I don't know. I'm just kidding. That didn't happen. I feel like we're going to – but, like, I'm just trying There's to make players sense. players-only meeting. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to make sense of what happened in that second half. I mean, Tennessee just came out and played dead. And mm-hmm. I I don't know. It's uh, It was very disappointing. Yeah, I, I want to see Ramel and Squirrel get going. If Dante Thornton is going to be in the game, throw it deep to him. If right. he's not willing to go over the middle, or make him play outside. Why are we putting him in the slot if he's scared to catch a slant over the middle? Like, just let him run catch underneath the, one like he did at Florida. Catch the football. Yeah. Just catch the football. Also, apparently, don't put your hand above your shoulders. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. To find out that that wasn't even on D. Williams, which D's wasn't close either, blows yeah. my mind. Oh, yeah. Blows my mind. I mean, it had to be where Alabama saw that on film and was like, hey, watch out for this. They may have not even seen it in on film for it to happen when it happened. Like, they may have seen it before the half, and when they get a chance to really talk to the officials, they can tell them. Like, that yeah. could have very – I don't know. I don't know how that gets misconstrued as a fair catch signal. And no one can explain to me, not a soul, the rule book doesn't say it, why we got the ball at the four-yard line. Because what happens if the ball goes in the end zone, Landon, and we catch it in the end zone? Is it a safety? We have to Do we start inside the end zone? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Where do you spot the football? The rule that they implemented, people can say it's the rule. Show me the rule and then explain to me how we don't start in the end zone if we catch in the end zone. I'm sorry. I digress. I apologize. Yeah. I'm going to get fired up about this again, but that's I, I'm not blaming the games on the the game on the refs. I've said many times it's inexcusable. Yeah. I just can't find out how that's a rule and where that rule is written. Also, like what in what world do you think Jeremiah T. Lander has a chance of catching that football? Like let, right. let's let's have a little bit of brain. I feel like you could watch a lot of punt returns and kickoff returns that someone's hand goes into the air at some point above their shoulder. Yeah. And also I just, yeah, I don't understand that. And then like, I mean, I've, so I still think the Iowa one is dumb. You can tell he's not trying to signal a fair catch, but at least he like turns his hand. Yeah. I still think it's incredibly dumb. I want to be clear about that, but I don't know. Yeah, um, Barryon Brown is a really good returner. Yeah, thank you for getting my, back on track. My uh, my advice is uh, don't kick it to him. Um, Quit, yeah, he's don't pretty do electric. Too, probably not as electric as D. Williams, but don't do anything cute um, on kickoffs. Just kick it to the back of the end zone. You can yeah, do it. Yeah, I, I I don't think we'll have any. Josh Tarryfield is a weapon, um, and probably the the 
not the best weapon we have, but like <laughs> a very underrated weapon that Tennessee has is just kicking it through the back of the end zone, avoiding penalties, avoiding um, you know, a big return, whatever. And that um, stuff just can just change the pace of a game. Like one guy yeah. getting, you know, getting either uh putting putting him in great field position or scoring a touchdown off of a yeah, um, a special teams play like that can change the pace of a game so quickly. Don't don't chance it. There's no need to chance it. Go in there and go win a clean football game. How about Jackson that? Ross is balling out right now, so I just have a hard time thinking Barry on Brown touches. He might touch it, but it, it's getting. He's he's sticking his hand up in the air for sure, and so. waving it. He wants no part of that. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Our offensive line also needs to dominate too. Yeah, and and they played they played good in the run game. It's but I've I've got to see it in the in the pass game. I've yeah. got to see it in pass protection. Sorry, I don't mean to be mean. Yeah, Hopefully and you got to score in the red zone. Better. You know, Tennessee was moving the football in Alabama pretty much all game. They just couldn't score. Um, right. When you have that those golden opportunities, you got to take advantage of it. And uh, Tennessee didn't left a lot of points on the board, and it ended up costing them. Yeah. Yep. Um, so go score. Get seven points. No field goals. Sorry, Charles Campbell. But yeah, I'll, I'll explain this maybe later. Um, but I, I rewatched the couple, first couple drives of the South Carolina game. Um, I'm doing a, a full rewatch um, as an investigator. But uh, one, the first drive of the game when hidden, like, I'm not asking Joe Milton to be Hendon Hooker. I'm not asking him to make the identical play. But his ability to slip from sacks and turn nothing into something was incredible, and it, and it changed the face of a lot of Tennessee drives. So he gets sacked there. like That changes the pace of the drive. If he can just find a way to – and, and he, he did it several times in the Alabama game. And maybe not nothing. He maybe didn't do that. But if he can find ways – to keep plays and drives alive with his legs rather than his arm. But that's huge for Tennessee's offense. It's it's a pace, pacey offense. And one play, especially negative, can kill Tennessee's potential on one drive. Yeah, and I think that opens up a lot of stuff too. Like that linebacker, when he's dropping back in coverage, he's thinking twice about doing it because he's like, oh, Joe Milton can yeah. run and pick up the first down before I get there. Yeah, um, and then – so it keeps looking back, and maybe that opens up some some slants and um, some different stuff, you know, down the seam and stuff like that. Yeah, or maybe it forces defense to spot, which pulls a guy out of coverage. Like, there's so many things it can do for an offense, and and you've got to keep this. We got to cut the negative plays. They've killed us this year, mm-hmm. and that's penalties too. That's not all, Joe Milton. Offensive penalties, especially pre-snap negative plays, have killed us. We've got to avoid those at all costs on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I Most, thought we played. I thought we played pretty well in that regard against Alabama. Like yeah, it, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't. We didn't seem to like it. We couldn't handle it. Um, and that was it. another like rain it pour situation, unfortunately, too. But yeah, there weren't as many offensive penalties as we've had kneeling this year, and that was a pretty good environment at Bryant Denny. Yeah. I know Joey wanted to hay on. And that's fine. I'll, I'll let him do that. Uh, it's <laughs> not kneeling. Yeah. But. Well, it's 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 got to be better in Kroger Field too. I agree, but it's gonna be a it's gonna be a nice. I think it'll be a good environment. Fifty five, they dream of those days in Lexington. Thank God. I mean, there, there'll be guys in tank TV, tops. But that first down, Kentucky. I mean, that makes me want to freaking 
blow and, my brains out. And they do like the wildcat roar thing that I thought just tacky high schools did. <laughs> that was a really good one. That's what? a good wildcat roar. Mine? Yeah. Yeah, if you t- that's creepy. That's a good how that's their Halloween theme this week. That's what I <laughs> spooky. I was gonna make a joke. I'm glad I did. Okay. Is that your cougar call? <laughs> that's what I do to my wife when I get off oh, cats. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she loves that. <laughs> she, <does. laughs> she just acts like she doesn't. She does. She definitely does. I agree. All right. Um, anything else you kind of want to say about this Kentucky game? Anything exciting? No, I mean, this has been a game the past couple of years where Tennessee has um, really hit the deep balls and, you know, had some big plays. I'd like to see more of that. I think the defense is going to come up, have to come up with some turnovers. Um, you look back two years ago, Alante Taylor had that pick six, um, and that's ended up what when what won Tennessee the game. Um, that was kind of the deciding factor there. So um, I think the defense is going to have to come up big. Uh, Tyler Barron, James Pierce, go get you some. Yeah. All right, game pre- score predictions. What do you got for me? Uh, I think this is a bloodbath. Just I think it's ugly. I think it's an ugly, ugly game. I think Tennessee, you know, gets more than a you know in that A and M game. I think they're they're twenty eight, but uh, yeah, I think it's an ugly twenty eight to to seventeen matchup. Under baby. Under uh, the only way it hits the over is if Tennessee's offense turns it on. Mm, I'm gonna go. 3017 balls. Okay. I like it. Under in that one too. All right. All right. Let's do let's get into uh well 20 we got we got some recruiting announcement actually before we or recruiting news, I guess, before we uh it's not an announcement. We're not announcing it, but someone announced something. Yeah, um, 2025 running back uh, Justin Baker out of uh, the state of Georgia, Buford High School, which is a top uh, 2010 program most of the time, and uh, having a really good year. Was the backup to five-star running back Justice Haynes, who ended up at Alabama um, last year and is having a breakout year this year as, as a junior. Um, and, yeah, just playing – well, between the tackles, Tennessee liked him. He's been to a couple games. He actually FaceTimed Josh Heupel after he made the announcement, and uh, yeah, that was that was cool to see. Josh Heupel's just a, such a genuine guy, and maybe they're like, oh, man, like that's every coach. Well, <laughs> it might be, but he just seems – He wears Tennessee orange, so. Yeah, right. He's got orange goggles on. He does or you do? Both. Both. Yeah. Both. Nice. Um. Christopher Nichols said, uh, what's up, gentlemen? Hey, man. Good to see you. Good to see you, too, Chris. Good to see you. I wasn't responding to Landon. That sounded like I was. Yeah. it's good. It's it is, good I think you, it's dude. good to see you also, <laughs> Chris. Yeah. Um, he says, I think in the next few games, we really need to see the new kids because next year pretty much the entire defense needs to be replaced. Um, yeah. I mean, you're going to have to replace some guys. Um, we'll see who comes back and who doesn't, but um, James Pierce will be back, so that's that's a big one. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of the same thing as I, I think with Joe, it's like only if they're, you only do it if they're better. That's, yeah. That's it. And with the, the COVID year still going on, like you never know who's going to be here and who's not. I think this is the last year that we have to like deal with that. Interesting. So. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that no, that this wouldn't be the last year, right? Yeah, this this should be it. Or like like going into net like the people coming back next year, that'd be the last year that you have to deal with it. No, there'd be freshmen and they'd be freshmen in twenty twenty, graduating twenty twenty four be their last year, so they could come back for twenty twenty five without red shirting or anything. So you got one more year to deal with it. It'll get much. It's getting much and much more rare because those guys are. There's not as many of them. Yeah. Obviously. But yeah, if you were a freshman in 2020, you'd be, if you, for all four years, you'd be a senior in 2024. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like this coming up year will be the last year that. Oh, okay. Like the next. 2025 will be the last time you hear of a COVID senior. Potentially. Yes. Sort of. Depending on if a freshman redshirted, they could also do 2026. If yeah. they also had a red shirt, they could take a COVID year. Twenty twenty six is the last potential time someone can play under a COVID year. Oh God! <laughs> We're, and then oh, that doesn't count like medical red shirts. You you still got like four years left of this. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I Five, think maybe this is like the last year that you have to worry about people like coming back or not coming back. Like next year, like you won't have to deal with that aspect of it. Because you'll have 2021, 2022, 2023, 2024. So 2024 would be their last year that they could do it. Like they couldn't come back for 2025 is what I'm saying. The freshmen in 2020 could come back for 2025. No, because that year wouldn't count. So 2021, 2022, 2023, 2024. Yeah, that's okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So they couldn't come back for 2025. Okay, yeah. but also not that's not counting. So twenty twenty four is the last year of just like flat out. COVID oh yeah, ability. big yeah. But big. that doesn't. There could still be COVID. We need a COVID tracker now to see how many guys are going to play till twenty twenty five or twenty twenty six. Because yeah, you're going to you know have some medical have, red like, shirts the, and some red shirts, like the the red shirt junior, whatever. We need a COVID red shirt junior. You, like I, yeah, we that, that's a great call. But yeah, they you could have anybody. So if you were just redshirted, you can come back for twenty twenty five. But if you were redshirted and medically redshirted, you come back potentially for twenty twenty six. And then haven't I mean? There's been guys that have got multiple medical redshirts, correct? Like we could see them all the way till twenty twenty seven potentially. Isn't there a guy that's got like four medical redshirts right now, still playing? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, there's a guy that's like twenty sixteen. Like class of 2016, like playing college football. Which is wild. It's like, dude, are you still like, you still going to college parties at that point? Yeah. Going to Uptown? Um, probably. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, we have some questions. You want me to get to those real quick? Yeah, let's, let's do that. Um, who needs to get going for Tennessee to take the next step? 
I would say Joe Milton, but I feel like he kind of got going last week. And yeah, maybe somebody who I was thinking when I so read the probably, question, maybe it's somebody who hasn't got going yet. It has to be. I mean, because for Tennessee yeah. to get going, yeah. Um, I mean, God, I don't even know. I'm thinking Ramel Keaton. I know he had a big catch Saturday, but I feel like if he hasn't he fully, get, yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see him get going a little bit more. I think that only helps score wide out um, and the rest of his offense if he's able to fill that void of Brew McCoy and just, you know, Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman. Yeah. That's that's really I mean that's a good one and, and I want to go to a DB and say it's a defensive back but like I don't know who it would be that would have that big of an impact at this point so yeah I really don't know I'm not I'm not trying to say like Tennessee is what Tennessee is at this point but kind of are they kind of are like I mean you're you're really finding out who people are you're you're in your eighth game so yeah. Um, what do you think about way, us wearing all white? Like it or hate it? Well, it's not all white because we're wearing black cleats. And it has nothing to do with the loss last week. I don't love black cleats with white. Yeah, I think that's dumb. I don't understand why I, we're doing that right now. And I think it looks great with the 90s and the old uniforms, but I feel like there's just something about the old uniforms that like black looks good with them. It, the new ones, I guess, just how like clean they look, like just real like uniform, like not, not uniform. That's not the right way to say it because they're wearing a uniform, but like real like construct. Like I don't know, just like like I guess real like you know they're they're skinny, they're tight. I don't know. Black just doesn't look great with them. So it's like something about like old uniforms. Black looks great. I don't think it looks great with with these. Yeah, I don't understand why we're wearing black cleats. And it makes us, it, it is scientifically proven. Look it up. Don't ask me where, because I don't know. There's science that says you look faster in white cleats. Oh, 100%. 100%. So don't ask me the science. I don't understand it either, but it's true. If, yeah, you can explain, if you can explain to me photosynthesis, I'll explain to you why white cleats make you look faster. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember the last time I bought black cleats or I had white black cleats. I bought some all black soccer cleats because I thought they looked sick and they did, but then I got white cleats and liked them better and stopped wearing black cleats. Yeah. Cause you, I mean, you were slower in black cleats. Fact. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. I don't, I don't understand that. Um, I'm also not, people are like, Oh, we're Owen two in these. Well, we're Owen one with the orange helmets. Like, well, I mean, what did we really want? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you have to wear white jerseys. <laughs> I don't. Well, <laughs> I say that. Shout out to UTSA. They forgot their white jerseys, but conveniently packed their home jerseys for their game at Sam Houston last night. First off, great move by that manager. He deserves a promotion. $55,000 a year in his own office to decipher signals because to just like strong arm the conference in Sam Houston State and be like, we're wearing our blues. How do you not take your white uniforms to a road game? That's not an accident. No. Did you watch any of that game, though? No, I didn't. Beautiful color matchup. I mean, just elegant. 
That's what it needs to be. It needs to be. It's beautiful. And I'm not saying every game needs to be that, but these aren't black and white TVs anymore, guys. We can get away from these archaic rules that make no sense. Yeah, I mean, it would be cool to have Tennessee in the the orange jerseys and Kentucky in there like black. I think Kentucky in their blue would be a great matchup. Or um, we both go black. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I really like that move. I mean, you should be able to tell from the orange and the blue, the little blue and orange on on each team's uniforms that who, yeah. who, who's who. Yeah, Which your quarterbacks? Like, how good are you? The defense will wear pennies. Okay. At all times. Or, or so, the look. The caps, the padded cap thing. The pen, the pennies and caps, the defense will wear to differentiate. However, on special teams, it's a free for all. You okay. just got to figure it out. That's I think that's what we do. Um, but yeah, there's that was going to be my stupidity, but I was also going to say it's not stupid because I think they did it on purpose because I don't think it's possible to pack an entire uniform for an entire football team and go, yeah, this is right. When have they ever traveled with blue uniforms? At yeah, no they point while they were packing the team's uniforms, they were like, this might be the wrong color. Yeah, guys. why would they ever be packed up for right. anything? Yeah. Right. It makes no sense. It, it It's also dumb. See, basketball is almost like more forgiving because you have road trips that are neutral sites pretty often that it, that may happen or the whites were, you know, you had them in the bag because you travel with stuff all the time and you may, you may put them in after laundry. Like basketball is a little more understanding. I also don't understand why basketball teams were white at home. That's the dumbest rule of all time, too. Do you know, do you know the history behind that? Like why that happened? No. It's a thing in soccer, too. I don't well, sort of. That's a thing in soccer that I just don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand why we can why like players in basketball have to wear a certain number. Like I understand like the foul calls or like the number they're like signaling the number on their hands the officials are but we can just call out their number like we do in football i feel like would be the same thing yeah that's a good point too i don't understand or i mean they go to the table anyway and tell them like who it's on so why does it matter what jersey they're on that's a good point huh yeah i kind of like it i do kind of like it if we're being honest but at the same time, you're saying that, and couldn't you, because apparently the scorer's table couldn't hear them, right? That's the rumor. Yeah. So couldn't you confuse 52 with seven? Like, yeah, sure, they do the five, two, but if the guy can't hear, couldn't he think he's just delayed with the right hand? Five, like he just thinks it's seven instead of a five, two? I don't think they can be seven. You can't be seven? No, I don't think so. What are the numbers? So I think it's it's zero through five, double zero through five. Yeah, and then it's okay. Um, and then it's twenty through twenty-five, thirty through thirty-five, and then it's like forty-five, fifty-five. Is that right? Fifty-five. Can you not be number ten? I guess you can do one zero. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I just that's I mean, a there's, there's a great 10, point. There's ten people on the court. I don't know why we can't just like say who it's on. I've also seen a lot of, especially high school basketball games, get stopped to figure out the foul count. So whatever system we've got going is not really working. <laughs> anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Call your own fouls. Uh, that's yeah. that's what we should do. Yeah. Um, we have one more question. It's uh, all of all everything. It says uh, who worries you more? 
uh, Kentucky or Missouri. Missouri's looking much better than expected, but I think UK is really tired of us beating them and will come ready. I mean, I'm sure they're tired of us beating them. I think for me, it's just Missouri not only looks better, they're also going, they've got a good rushing attack, but Brady Cook's playing well. And I, that I think is the bigger factor, in my opinion, in saying that Missouri scares me more matchup wise, match up better with Kentucky. Yeah, no, that, that's what I was going to say. We match up better. I mean, they they run the ball. We stop the run um, pretty well. They don't really throw a whole lot and don't really have a good air attack. And so it's just, yeah, less worrisome to, to face a team that's kind of one-dimensional like Kentucky is. Yep. And they just don't have – like Cody Schrader leads the conference in rushing. Luther Burden's one of the best wide receivers in the country. Uh, they just have some weapons around Brady Cook where uh, – don't think Kentucky has the same kind of athletes. You heard it here first. Yep, yep, yep. Calling Kentucky out. <laughs> hear that, Austin? Where's Austin at? I figured this would be the show he was he was in on. He's probably waiting to see what happens on Saturday, and then he'll decide if he's coming on on Sunday or not. True. Um, I, I do want to ask you about the the sign stealing thing because I know you, I know you want to talk about it. You're a big conspiracy guy. Um, I have several reasons I want to talk about it, but yeah, go on. <laughs> I mean, are we on a bye week? Because I feel like like how does this? Of course, like Tennessee's name comes up in right. all this, and it's right. just blown out of proportion. And we're worrying about like a game that was a year ago. We already beat the shit out of South Carolina this year. I'm I'm kind of over – I'm just ready to get to this Kentucky game. I could care less about I – th- I think it's how big and big this story is, number one, and how absurd this story is. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think more so than anything else. And then I think – I'm interested from a college football fan, not just because – Right. A Tennessee fan. Yeah, I'm really not interested in the Tennessee factor. I mean, I'm, I'm going to dive into that conspiracy because I like it because it's a fun conspiracy. Uh, the fact that you have not only this vast college football network of, of cheaters working for one university, but that they're willing to go out to potentially take down another team's playoff chance. I like that conspiracy. I'm not yeah. saying it's true. I'm not saying South Carolina, you know, received help from another team to beat another team like Shane Beamer has done in the past. I'm not saying that happened. <laughs> I'm just saying it's interesting and it's worth spending my free time trying to figure out. That's all I'm saying. And it, I'm going to get to the bottom of it, like that PI that Ohio State hired. I'm going to get. I'm just kidding. But well, that's like all the South Carolina fans would be like, "Oh, well, he didn't like signal this touchdown throw or this touchdown run." And it's just like, okay, maybe he didn't, but it's it's making us feel a little bit better about that loss. I <laughs> yeah, guess we're coping. That's why, like, maybe we should just stop tweeting about it and just in our minds be like, "They cheated," and just say it. Just say it in our minds. Don't say it out loud. Just say it in our minds and be okay with it and live with it like that. Exactly. Um. No, it doesn't really make sense for a lot of reasons, the South Carolina thing, because not that it's impossible to see the defensive signals and adjust to that and, and know what's – but, like, most of the time, by the time the offense is signaling their play, defense is responding to that, typically. Sometimes you'll see defensive calls in, you know, based on down and distance and other factors outside of just what the offense is lined up in. They'll adjust to what the offense is lined up in. But more often than not, offense play comes in, defense signals gets lined up, um, and then anything the offense is going to do is going to be adjusted by the defense. So it's, it's a little bit harder to read defensive signals. Now, I mean, it's a huge advantage to know if a blitz is coming or if they're disguising a coverage and they're actually, you know, in 
you know, two, you know, whatever, three deep or they're in quarters, quarter, quarter, half, like whatever it may be, like it is an advantage, but it's a little bit harder to do. It doesn't explain 63 points. Um, sounds like they didn't need to cheat that day if they did. And they just got kind of like a bonus dip on us if they, if they did cheat that day. Yeah. So whatever. Um, I am, I kind of want to get your thoughts on this. We've had this discussion before, but it wasn't about football. It was about baseball and the Astros. And, and as far as I'm aware, everyone outside of an Astros fan can agree that stealing signs in the regular run of play, a guy on second base or, or whoever can see the catcher or the pitcher and, and understand signals and relay that to their teammates. That is okay. That is part of the game. That is good. And I agree, but that sitting in the outfield with a video camera and electronically relaying those signals and what's coming is far different and it's not within within the game it is not sportsmanlike even though it's really easy to do in in game in nowadays with everything at our disposal it's not a part of the game and it's cheating like yeah. we've all agreed on that right mm-hmm. yeah. why can we not agree that stealing and understanding signals as a football player or even a coach in the press box in the run of a game or seeing tendencies like oh we played them last year and i know this happened and if they don't change it we know what's happening so stealing it in the run of a game, or even if a coach is seen on a regular all 22 film, which doesn't show a ton of coaches views, like you're not going to be able to see signals is far different. Or even seeing a player signal something in an all 22 is far different than sending people out to multiple games a week, filming the coach. And then to film that coach, someone then after the game has to go in the all 22 match each play up to each play look at not only one of the signal callers, but all three to find out which signal matters and, and which one they're going off of or which one the quarterback's going off of and which one the offensive line. However, those those teams do it because it varies from team to team. Mm-hmm. Figuring out which one's the dummy call, matching up to each play, going through and saying, this is the signal, this is the signal. Breaking that down, printing that on a sheet and having one guy responsibility to watch the sidelines for a signal isn't cheating. Why can we not determine that yeah i mean it's i feel like it's a line and like the Astros crossed it and then michigan crossed assuming this is true yeah exactly yeah yeah um yeah i mean sending people like all over the country to i mean not only scout teams that they're definitely gonna play (laughs) yeah it's, it's scouting teams that like you might have a chance of playing or that we want to ruin your – I don't know if this is true. Again, it's kind of like – There's still so it. much. Yeah. yeah. But potentially ruining chances to better Michigan's chances of getting in the college football playoff. Yeah. Which is it, going to be hilarious that if this all comes out and it's true, that Michigan's going to get hammered. And here they are like – I mean, they have a – the best chance to win them and Georgia have the best chance to win a national championship this year. And that is what's interesting kind of going into the conspiracy aspect of it. There is apparently someone on the rules infraction committee that has it out for Harbaugh and, you know, for whatever reason, hates Jim Harbaugh. I haven't read the full thing, but that this is happening now is it may be just a personal vendetta. Um, But it also looks like it was discovered by someone that really maybe didn't have much to do with it. And just, they were so just brazen about it that it may have just been on, university computers, like everything about their scouting, which I mean, it's the film. I don't think people understand how much film had to be compiled. Mm -hmm. Like to think that, that 
football signals because you do play the same teams very often aren't changed sometimes from week to week. Now, not, not the entire playbook signals are going to be changed from week to week, but some signals are going to be changed from week to week from year to year. And that they were still able to decipher almost entire playbooks. Like you, do we not understand how much time this took? That was someone's job. Oh yeah. If, if, if this goes as deep as they're saying it is, that's, that was someone's job, but like, it's so weird. Like Dion Sanders. I love Dion. This isn't hate on Dion. I, I'm not him guys like Jeff Saturday, who I heard talk about it. I don't know if they just don't fully understand what is happening, but they like Dion was like, it, it's very different in baseball. Like you still got to line up and make the play. It's like, yeah, that's true. But like, if I know, if I know where they're running the ball, I've got a better chance of stopping it. Especially when we're talking about two really good football teams. Yeah. If, 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 if ball state knows where we're going, that's a different story. Like, you know, they'd still have a leg up, but it's not the same leg up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Dion, like his argument is like in, in baseball, if I know you're throwing a curveball, like, you know, I can, I can hit that. And it's like, but that that's kind of true for baseball. Yeah. It's not physical like football where like, it's still going to be, you know, the better guy wins, but sure. You can sit on a, and, and I may be wrong. And that's kind of, I'm kind of asking you this, but like, sure. You can sit on a curveball, but at the end of the day, if that pitcher throws a really good curveball, especially if he's able to start somewhere in the zone and, and get you going and move it. Maybe, you know, if he's really throwing junk, like that kid at Southern Miss, I thought of immediately, like at the end of the day, like there's still a way a pitcher could beat you. Yeah. Yeah. Even though you know what's coming. Yeah. I think it's more difficult with baseball because there are, it is very one-on-one a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And and batter. Um, Now with, Football, if the whole defense knows that a a screen pass is coming, I feel like that's that's a lot different than but, you know when a curveball is coming. But see, that's the thing is like it's, it would be impossible for the entire defense to know what is coming. What they're doing is they're just essentially telling their offense coordinator, defense coordinator, their play caller, this is what they're doing, and he's got to make a play to line up for that. Like, there's no way eleven guys on the field would be able to understand the signals, get them relayed in, and know where the ball's going. Or where it's supposed to go. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's very, but I agree with you. Like baseball is a different story. I'm not saying they're exactly the same. I'm just saying Dion's point could be used in baseball. Like at the end of the day. And I feel like I'm kind of on that same. When I first heard this, I was like, oh, that's just really smart cheating. Um, And I'm like, well, you still got to solve it. But then. You really like, and maybe just Dion just didn't know. That's and that's what I'm saying. I because I I think his point is I think he's right in that baseball is is like a little more if you know the signal it's a little because you can sit on that off speed pitch. Yeah. So I think yeah I, I'm not saying they're exactly the same. I'm just saying I think they're more similar than he is giving credit for yeah. the, what's going on in Michigan. Well, I feel like it'd be a lot different if they were sending people to their opponents like the next week. Yeah, that's you, crazy. There's they were sending them. You go sit in the stands and, and try to pick up on on stuff, like, I mean, I that's kind of teetering the line a little bit, but also like, it would take a lot for you to like, no, yeah, um, but videotaping it and then videotaping the the clock, and so you know like at what point in time, and so you like go to the film room, break it all down, and put it all together. I mean. It's- it's time consuming, man. Like that's time consuming. And then you're going to to 
teams that you don't even play or not even schedule that you could potentially play if you make it to the college football playoff. I mean, that's yeah, yeah it's it's unreal. And, and um, as far as I'm aware, too, this story just came out, so I haven't gotten to read it all. I just kind of scanned it while we were recording. Um, apparently, TCU, a lot of teams knew about this. This was rampant. Everyone was aware. And um, TCU dummied their calls playing Michigan. So they knew that was changing. They they didn't necessarily change a lot of signals, but they had a dummy guy relaying real signals in, and then another guy relaying maybe either real signals in just a different place. So they, you know, they wouldn't exactly know what was going on. Sometimes they would have the they would call the original play on the dummy guy, and then signal in a new real play and go back to the original. Like they were aware of what was going on and made made you know changes to to not allow them to, to decipher them and know what was coming, which again, that's part of like coaches. know. that's like, people are acting like this is a revelation to college football coaches or a revelation to, and it may be to a lot of college football fans, but these, these signals are changed fairly often. Again, not necessarily week to week all the time, but like you think, I think a good example at the NFL level, and it's a little bit different, but like Peyton Manning, you don't think he changed his calls up fairly often. Like at some point teams are going to know what's coming. Yeah. If you, if you're saying the same thing over and over, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, you know, the funniest thing that cracks me up is, and teams have different thing. You know, I think at one point at South Oil, it was uh Dallas and Texas, like left and right. Like every team's got it. It's easy to figure out if you listen, and, but it's not exactly to like hide it. You're not, you're not just saying they don't know what it means. You recognize they may know what it means. They may be able to figure it out if they pay even the slightest bit of attention. It's more of just a call to recognize things and then also do it quickly for yourself without saying left and right. Yeah. And, and also like there is that chance that it could be a dummy call and, and like, right. Uh, defenders got to think about that too. Like, yeah. Cause they may know what Dallas just, and Texas mean, but you're, you're not actually relaying information. You're just saying it. Yeah. Right. It's like you, you could say Dallas, Texas. And if they know it's, it's to the left, but you go on two. And they run straight through the lines, five yard penalty. I mean, right. like, but yeah. it, and then like for people again to pretend like college coaches don't under don't know people are in the run of a game trying to figure out their signals. Why would they have dummy callers in the first place? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Jeff Saturday had a similar. Well, that's why take. we have the the things behind the. Well, I think the, that's there for two reasons. Because on some sidelines, you're always going to be facing the press box, and they don't turn. So I think that's to to help block some angles. You're not getting clear clear angles. I think it's also to so you yeah, can for hand motions. Hand motions you can decipher easily without blurred stuff. Yeah. So I think there's two purposes it serves. Mm-hmm. Um, but they know they're not gonna be able to block everyone out at all times. It's not possible. Yeah, it's hard to block a Connor Stallions out from Yeah. I mean, that dude is also, I mean, I will pay TMZ money if someone can get me a six hundred page manifesto, is what it's being referred to. He has a crazy story if any of that's true. I haven't verified it, I haven't gone through the effort to verify it. This is fun, though. This is what makes college football. You need these stories. You need teams cheating like this. You need this. But also, if, if this comes out true and Michigan really did, like, give signals to, to South Carolina, not that I think that is the only reason why we lost that game, but karma is a big old beach, and I hope it causes it causes them not to be in the college football playoff. Oh, yeah. I, and that's, I think – I mean, because the NCAA is already on their campus. Yeah, like I mean, they're getting. I think they interviewed the whole staff today. Like it's, it's coming. 
Right. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they're moving. And it sounds like, again, a lot of this was like on paper, good paper trail. I mean, Connor Stallions, uh, Venmo was apparently completely public, which is fascinating. And then you had the story from a Vol fan last January who said he knew a guy who got paid to do it. Like he, this was like, that's, I think that's the, if there were zero breadcrumbs, I think I would be like, mm, let's, let's really wait and see. But the fact that there's some breadcrumbs already out there and then like the way it got discovered before the NCAA got involved, it's, it's made it more fun. It's made it more interesting. And, and I don't think Michigan's necessarily the only team that is doing filming team signals. I think they're the only ones doing it at this level. And, and what I mean at this level is like going to games. Like yeah. Games they're not playing in, sending them to other teams. Um, I think they're the only ones with that. I, I wouldn't be shocked to find out that it, when teams play another opponent that they play yearly, if they had a camera on the signals. But that's another thing is like all 22 – I was explaining this to someone last night. The I don't know how it's been, how long all 22, whether that software or just a different type of thing has existed at the college football level. But essentially, when when we were younger, like high schools to get film on other teams, they would have to call, for example, like, all right, we played Halls last night. I know Morristown West plays Halls in a few weeks. And they played Seymour last night, who we play in a few weeks. I'm going to call Morristown West. We're going to trade film. Like, that's how it worked. And so you were much more careful about, like, who, who did it. Now you sign up for all 22 and you get access to every game, yeah. no matter what. And you agree to that. And everyone can see what's on film there. And, again, probably some signal calls. But you're not – there's not a camera camera fixated on the signal caller. But you know why? Because everyone sees it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't – I don't know. It's pretty – I don't know. It's crazy that this is, it's crazy that it was like that vast. It's crazy that there seems to be someone who is in charge of this to the fact that it was a program they were running. Yeah. Yeah. The, the fact that like he was getting paid like a salary to do this to cheat is yeah. unreal. And, and again, I don't know if it's that Dion and Jeff Saturday don't understand. And and I don't know who all on the show with Jeff Saturday. I don't know if they understand like what the story is saying right now, but Jeff's like, everyone does that. And I'm like, no, not everyone does that. Yeah, no. I think I, I think it would be I think it would be a little shocking, not entirely shocking, but if I found out the majority of teams had a camera for the opposing team's signal callers, like that would kind of shock me. It wouldn't shock me if some did, but I think if I found out the majority did, that would shock me. And not I think that would be towing an interesting line. I don't there's nothing in the rule book about it as far as I'm aware. But I think that would be towing a pretty interesting line too. Yeah, especially the hint like he could have went to any game that week that Tennessee played Kentucky, but he came to the tennis or he was supposed to come to the Tennessee Kentucky game. Um, Connor Stallions. Yeah. No, he sent, no, he sends people out. They have like 30 or 40 people that they would send out to games. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And he, they, I mean, the way they're able to prove he had someone at that game is he bought the ticket on his account and then transferred it within three minutes to someone who went to the game. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So he was buying the tickets or reimbursing people for the tickets. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. It hurts my brain just to like think about how much time went into like. I mean, That's, again, just people that you might have a chance of playing down the road, like very slim chance of playing down the road. Oh, and even more fun about this is apparently this was all potentially uncovered by Ohio State hiring a private investigator to investigate oh. them for this. Oh, so they're just going to go keep going to war with each other. 
Yeah. Oh, I mean, dude, they they have a special hate for each other, and I love it. And it's a it that is a good fun rivalry. It's very it's got a lot of dumb things about it, but it's a good fun rivalry. Yep. All right, let's get into some college football. Dylan and Joey, if y'all want to get in here, you're more than welcome I mean, to. We just talked a ton of college football. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Game. This is like I, I'm serious. I could do an entire podcast on this alone. I've read legitimate sources. I've read non-sources. I've read a lot about it. I'm excited to see what comes of this. Um, I pray they somehow get Connor Stallions, um, and you know, to do a deposition. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think we should hire him. Connor Stallions. That's an yeah. official offer for more important issues. Yeah, I think we should hire him. I'm down. Joey Dillon, watch out. He's trying to sell your job. <laughs> I think we got room for one more. We can fit five in this place. Oh, yeah. I'll steal signs. Joey, did you have a good birthday? Yeah. I might. I don't know. Wasn't too crazy, actually. You feel like you're, like, getting old when, like, you're not really celebrating birthdays? Yeah, dude. I was like, I don't know. It was the first time I've actually, like, I don't know. It just felt weird. I feel like 21, baby. Did your mom take you to dinner? I was about to say, did you get your fan club to, like, take pictures with you or – yeah. Uh, yeah, I was a little busy last night, but yeah, I got you. A little busy. Well, NIL stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For the right price, maybe. <laughs> uh, Virginia Tech is up on Syracuse, thirty to three. So, Damn it. that's stupid. Um, we've got some bets this week. I don't know how, Dylan. How are you feeling, real quick, before I get into college football? About the options. Yeah, like what are you what are you thinking? Like, are you feeling good or are you just? Uh, I feel good about three of them. What's uh? I feel like the spreads were kind of tight this week. They were like, for teams I wanted, there were too many points. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. I mean, really, the only like great game that I'm like invested in is Oregon Utah. Um, yeah, you have a good rivalry in Georgia Florida. Beyond that, man. There's not really much on this week. You do have a midnight Hawaii game. That's a big deal. I'm excited for that. Stay up till 4 a.m. to watch college football. Oh, dream. Yeah. Hey, Dylan, what are what are your people saying about betting this week? <laughs> yeah, the guys you pay for. And I'm going to beat you. <laughs> well, if you beat me, something's wrong because I'm telling you. Oh, you're Sounds like something would be wrong with you then, right? So, are you my people's giving me info? Yeah, I'm Connor Stallions. <laughs> All right. Who's going first? Not me. I will. All right, I'll, I'll kick it off. Um, Again, just not a week I'm really happy about anything, but I'm going to – I think I'm going to do Fresno State minus seven and a half. I think I am. Play UNLV. It's a late game. Kickoff on the West Coast. I believe. I believe in the Bulldogs. I think. I think. Okay. I'm putting these as you tell them. So keep it going. Landon, I think I'm going to go Georgia minus fourteen and a half. Okay. I don't love it, but I casual. This is a game that they should get up for in the games that like people doubt them in, they seem to just go off. So yeah. I feel That's you. Fair. I'm just nervous about Brock Bowers. I don't know what they're gonna be doing. I think Florida if that makes you feel better. 
I think they got another five star tight end behind him, so I think they're good. Well, that's fair. Ugh, I think that's enough to beat Florida. He's not Brock Bowers. There's just no way. If no. they breed, if they breed another Brock Bowers, I think they should be investigated for <laughs> human. I don't know something. I agree. Dylan. All right, my first one is Old Faithful, Florida State over 51 and a half. All right. Yeah, All I'm kind of right. going back to the, I'm going back to the roots too, like just because I got just because I got screwed over by them once, I think it'd be wrong for me to turn my back. So, well, I only did once this year, but I'll get to my second one. I'm going Colorado plus 16 and a half away at UCLA. Rested by week. Dion's got the beard grown out. He'll probably shave it, but I don't know. I feel like on Vegas, I'm thinking super high on Colorado. They lost a bunch of money on them. Now people don't really care. They think Colorado's like bad. They're falling off the wagon. They're just a derailed train. So in my mind, perfect time to bet on. I like it. I don't hate it. Yeah. All right, back to me. Yep. Yep. I was I was on the fence about. Florida State over, but Dylan talked me in. I'm in over Florida State. I had it in the book, hadn't bet on it yet. It's officially in. You can take all Dylan's picks, or I mean, what was my first pick, Joey? What was Dylan's first pick? I can't remember. No, yeah, I mean, that's my D. I'm <laughs> integrity, integrity based over here. I would never, I would never do that. <laughs> um, yeah, go ahead. Land you, Landon. Um, <laughs> I'm going DJ Uyungle in Oregon State minus three over Arizona. Arizona got a good win last week. I feel like that's why the line is so low. But uh, I'm riding the the Beeves. Beeves. I don't know if they like getting called that. (laughs) Kind of seems like a trap game. Seems like a trap game. There's a couple of those that I'm like. It is late at night. I mean, Wazoo minus five and a half is crazy. That that just feels like that should be uh, against. Uh, I mean, even if it's at home in Arizona State, they're one and six. I don't know. Trap game. I'm not touching it. I'm just trap game. Okay. Well, Joey, fortunately for you, we're on the flip side there because that's actually one of mine. Washington State All right. minus five points. All right. Cool. So that's winning. Washington State, what? <laughs> Plus, uh, Washington State. Wait, you're taking Arizona State. No, no, I'm taking Washington State. Okay, so at least you're not. I mean, I just feel like it's a trap game that I won't touch. At least we're on the same side. I feel like that's too easy of a bet, at least is my. Oh, I thought you were saying. Who are they playing? Uh, Arizona State. It's at Arizona State, but Arizona State's not good. Okay. My turn. Um, I'm down between two, and I still haven't decided. I'm between Notre Dame minus twenty and a half against Pitt because Pitt stinks, and yeah, I just Sam Pittman or yeah, and then UNC. Hartman. Sam Pittman oh. ain't throwing no touchdowns. They scored one touchdown last weekend. Don't hate. It's fair. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go reverse card because I gotta stick to what's right. UNC screwed me last week, but I'm taking UNC minus 11 and a half. We're we're, we're going back to our roots. I like that one. 
Oh, and they play Georgia Tech. Just to clarify. Yeah. Uh, is that me? Am I up? Yep. Um, I'm going to take the under in the South Carolina A&M game. Um, I got that bad boy at 52 and a half. So a little under over action, almost the exact same. But I'm going to take the under in that game. All right. If South Carolina scores points this week, they are officially still in signs. It's there's there's zero doubt in my mind. Oh, that's true. They almost want to blow the game so that they can kind of get the right. You, know, you gotta get the you know, like, hey, we didn't do that. Wouldn't we still be yeah. doing that? We clearly would have not lost that game that bad if you're still in signs. Right. Good call. What was that that line, Caleb? Sorry, I asked it. Uh, under under fifty two and a half in the South Carolina A and M game. Um, I'm also going to go the Florida State over. I don't love it, but I think they can score it. Like Wake Forest can score enough to keep it. Did you get it at 51.52? Yeah. All right. Let's see what it was. D-Bloom? My next one is Oregon-Utah over 47 and a half. I like that a lot. Don, you just send these in the chat so I can go ahead and uh, lock them in for not this, but for actual, you know. Money. <laughs> yeah, for actual financial reasons. Yeah, put 50 cents on it. I'm going. We're going deep on the slate. We're going uh, Nevada UNM under 50 points. Dang, I it just feels right. I don't know. You see, when you're scrolling on ESPN, you're just, you know, you just hit that. And then your thumb stops on top of it. You just kind of look at it. You're like, that seems like a low scoring game. And then I go, and if it was like 42, I'd be like, mm, no. But 50, 50 burger, no. UNM, I think they won by like. I'm pretty sure they lost like six nothing last week and then put up like zero two weeks ago or something like that. So give me the other one. Um my last one. I'm between two. I just don't know. We we don't know anything about um what's his name at Duke. So I'm gonna go Marshall minus three and a half versus Coastal. We are Almost a coastal. I wanted to double down back on my UNC business. <laughs> they did push. No, well, technically they won. That was the minus ten bet, I think. Um, and I almost went against Arkansas State this week, but you know. There you go, Butch Jones. I'll let you live another week. Landon, um, I like the. You talked me into Oregon, Utah. I like Oregon, Utah. That's a good. 47 and a half. Is that what you got it at? Yeah. Yeah. I like that one. I'm in. Let's ride, baby. Well, what's I also kind of like, I also kind of like Oregon. Minus six and a half. Well, which one do you want? Oh, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go the over, but. All right. And what was the over total? 47. 47 and a half. Okay. Yeah, it's total 47 and a half. You trying to catch me, Joe? Yeah, what should I catch you? I got to put your own elbow down here trying to get to 500. That's really what <laughs> we're in the, in the bottom. What are we all at? Do we know? 
Do we have that? Dylan, do you have it yeah, up? I, I didn't pull it up since you had it. Yeah. Um, so right now, Caleb is 16, 14, and 1. Nice. 500. Landon is 19 and 13. Joey is 15, 17, and 1. And your boy is 25 and 7. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. Can you imagine if I didn't tail off Dylan that one week and go 4 0? I don't know where I would be. We'd have to wrap this thing up by like two weeks out. How is Joey at 15, 17, and 1? Check that math. That's just what it said. Yeah, that's 33 games. He should be 15, 16, and 1 or. Yeah, that's 16. Right. Yeah, 15 and 16 and one or 15 and 17, not 15 and 17 and one. It's 33 games. Then a math don't math. Well, I definitely missing. think Caleb and I weren't that far away when we checked in last show on Sunday. So that's I'm, I'm just one game ahead of you in that scenario, right? No, I'm saying that one game sounds like a lot different. It sounds like I'm only one behind 500. All right. Well, Joey, send me your, the, your picks for the last three weeks and I'll get it updated and do the math. Why don't we just listen into the show from Sunday? I feel like that's a lot easier. Caleb said it last week, not me. That's on if it's wrong, it's wrong. That's official. All right. Hey, it. what do y'all think about Oklahoma, Kansas? I yeah, wanna I pick I wanna pick Oklahoma, but after I know UCF's good, but after last week I'm I'm too scared. Yeah. That I'm was kind of the I same was... way, but Oklahoma or Kansas did just you lose to Oklahoma State by seven last week. So it's true. It makes that's me want to take Oklahoma, um, Oregon, Utah. Did anybody else have anything about that one? I'm trying to go through like the pick'em games, probably. He's 15, 16, and one. Whoever put in 17 is wrong, probably me. But if you just look at last week, he was at 14 and 13. And he went one and three. We're so we're so bad. Mine's right. mine doesn't make sense either, though. I don't think. Yeah, you have um, 31 games. Yeah, it should be 16, 13, and 1. There you go. For me? No, for me. Oh. Damn. <laughs> uh, what about Duke-Louisville? I, okay. I want to take Louisville if dude, if dude's out, but if he's in, I, I still kind of like the Louisville line. I just don't love it anymore. I, I hate this pick, but I think my last – my last best. Louisville just lost to Pitt. They Pitt and Pitt's not good. 38-21. They're really not. Um I'm taking Duke Louisville over 48 and a half, and I don't even like it. I really want to take the West Virginia. Who are they playing? I was gonna take whatever West Virginia game under oh West Virginia and UCF under, but I'm just gonna trust the gut. Duke Louisville over 48 and a half. I hate that bet. I hate it. But I think it's a night game, right? It's not the Friday night game. No, no, it's Saturday at two thirty. Oh, that's disgusting. There's no way the over hits in that. I'm just gonna go ahead and I'll I'll, I'll keep it, but that's gotta be a loss. There's no way. And it was what? Forty eight and a half. It's showing forty six and a half right now on FanDuel, so I'll give you that. Take it, take it, take you it. You want the over? Yeah. All right, I got you. Got them all. Um. Ohio State, Wisconsin, 14 and a half. Again, too big of a number for me. I think Ohio State wins it, but. Yeah. I mean, Maybe the thing the is, it's going to be half. low scoring. So, it, But they did just beat Penn State by eight. I feel like 
they should be able to beat Wisconsin by 15. You would First think? half, Wisconsin covers the spread. Okay. I kind of like First BYU half. plus 18 and a half against Texas. Because they're going to that quarterback crisis right now. Sneaky, sneaky good yeah, football. It's going to be Malik Murphy. I feel like that's why it's not bigger. Yeah. All right. I don't know. I feel like I feel like BYU can pull it out. Yeah. Uh, any stupidities? Oh yeah. All right. Let's get it. Um. Hold on. Let me, uh, someone else go first so I can pull I this. I got a tweet out. Self checkout machines asking for tips. No. <laughs> yeah. Where was that? I don't know. I, I saw an article about it. That's crazy. The tip thing's getting way out of control. Yeah, I'm I'm done tipping. If you don't actually serve, like, bring me food, I'm not tipping anymore. I'm done with it, dude. They like try to. It's what, just greed at this point. Food trucks. I mean, food trucks. I shouldn't pay twenty dollars for a burger and fries. Like you, you didn't, and then tip on top of it. I didn't. You didn't do anything. What do you mean, bro? They cook for you. Yeah. So does McDonald's. I don't tip them. Dude, I was at the that the guy in the beer line at Brian Denny was trying to like point to twenty percent. I'm like, dude, you just grabbed drink out of a cooler. Your and hands are wet. It. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't realize that this was like. I mean, come on. They tried to do it tonight. Mass and I after my birthday dinner went and got ice cream, and it wasn't even the guy that. I mean, maybe the tips get ice cream at Kilwins. Shout out Kilwins downtown. Kilwins. And- Kilwins is good. I, I'm happy to serve, but dude, you put trying to charge like even remotely above like 5% tip for grabbing a candy apple for her is like, no. You're right. If you serve <laughs> me, you come back to me. If I see you more than once, you get tipped. But if I only hey. see you once for one transaction, no. Nope. Yeah. Just smash that candy apple, though. <laughs> Be gone. Awesome. All right, Dylan. Um, I, okay, oh, yeah, go ahead, Dylan. Right, go ahead, Joey. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is not not a good way, Andrew. So, okay, after last week, we talked about not putting Hitler on the board. Read the room. So, Celtics last night, obviously, prayers to everybody in Maine. Awful situation. Celtics, right after winning in New York, tweet out the final score. And instead of a normal team that tweets out the final score with, you know, a witty comment, just – tweeted out the score and said, our thoughts are with everyone in Lewistown, Maine, with a picture of Jason Tatum just going hard to the rim. Like, no context, no nothing. Just the worst taste you can probably have right here. It's like just yeah, players. That's just not not what you want. (laughs) It sounds like I can get a job with a media team pretty easily. Yeah, it sounds like that was just something that they had to just throw in. Which I get it. If you're going to do a separate – like, if you're going to – yeah, it should be a separate post. Yeah. 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 That's dumb. Yeah. Yep. 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 I also have a. Apparently, this Colorado commit is decided to forego the rest of his senior season and focus on graduating early and participating in spring football. Um, I think this is dumb, not only because you just quit on your team, um, but because like you can still play football and graduate early and 
play in the sp- spring. Like you can get on campus and for you can bowl practice. Like you can graduate early and go to go straight to college and do bowl practice. So I don't understand. Like, what are you? You're you're trying to graduate early. I feel like that should have been taken care of before now. Yeah, but like, where I don't where does it benefit you? It definitely doesn't. I don't know. It just. I mean, what are we saving our? I understand, like, the NFL thing, like, a lot of money is on the line. But, like, I mean, you're going to Colorado. Like, how much NIL money do they have left over after they already paid Shadur and Travis Hunter? Sure. Fair point. Yeah. I don't get it. I just, like, that's that's the best time to play football is in high school. College football is cool. NFL is cool. The most memorable time you'll ever play college football is in high school, and we have kids that are just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to forego that. And you know damn well when they get to their senior year or junior year of college and, you know, oh, I have a chance to go to the NFL, I ain't playing in a bowl game. Like They've already they've already said that they're not going to play in a bowl game by foregoing their senior season of high school for something that you can do if you play it. Extremely dumb. All right. Anything else? I don't have any. Joey? Don't think so. Cool. Just people being Guys, stupid. Stop being stupid. Yeah. Stop being stupid. Um, it's an epidemic. It's the worst epidemic. Um, guys, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, also, go check out Roback. Roback.com. Promo code More Important Issues. 20% off your first purchase. Um, they got Q-zips, polos, hoodies, joggers, shorts, uh, t-shirts. Uh, they got some women's wear too. Christmas is coming up. So make sure you get on that. Um, again, 20% off with the promo code, more important issues. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Have a good Friday. We might, we might have a little space, a little, little X space tomorrow. Ooh. Not, not, not triple X, but just X, uh, just one X. So we're, we're, we're family here. Um, so yeah, come, uh, come check us out. Um, we'll know exactly maybe later when that's going to be, we'll figure that out, but uh, we'll get it out to you. So stay tuned for that. And, uh, Hey, let's go get a dub in Kentucky. Beer barrel is ours. We're bringing the boat in and we out.